Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen. Yelling. (laughs) There are spoilers ahead for an 11 year old movie, so if you haven't watched it, it's your own fucking fault. That's literally what Lewis says every fucking episode. (laughs) I do. And now I am technically getting a phone call from a Lewis Fernandez. Am I helping? (laughs) Interrupted the intro. Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiots talk about movies, and today we dive into the Hunger Games franchise. We'll be starting with the original Hunger Games movie from 2012. Just a reminder that there are spoilers ahead for movies and TV shows that you may not have seen yet, so just know that you've been warned. We also have some exciting news coming at the end of the show, so please stay tuned until the end. Yes, we do. We do? Yes. We'll be starting off with our best segment of the day. This week in Hollywood. Isaiah, please take it away. Best segment in the world, anyway. Uh, <laughs> in the world, yes, absolutely. Joe Rogan, eat your heart out. But- yeah, Joe Rogan, fucking fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, what do you call it? This upbeat uh, intro is going to get a little down. Uh, in talk of the new Last of Us TV show that's been very, very Wait, well. Hold on, so I don't far. mean to cut you off, but can you hear this? Ready? Clicking? Yes. yes. Wow, nope, that's not at all. That was the most silent pour I have ever done. It was my wine. Continue. I'm so sorry. We're gonna need some we're gonna need some wine for this next uh thing though. In talk of the new Last of Us show, which has been very well so far, uh we have some sad news to announce that actress Annie Worshing, I hope I pronounced that right, best known for her roles in Star Trek 24 and of course as Tess in the Last of Us video game has recently passed away after a long battle with cancer. The beloved actress left us only at 45 years old. She was diagnosed back in 2020, but continued to work. Gone too soon. Rest in peace, Annie Wershing. And this is the this is the video game actress, not the actress from the TV show. Yes. Yeah, let's make that clear. She I was honestly I didn't know that she was diagnosed um, back in 2020. So it took me by surprise. Um, I really like her. So after a three-year brave battle cancer Mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately we lost the star we will be moving on to uh, more video game related content if you thought Amazon might not have any money left after pouring so much of it into the Lord of the Rings show (laughs) you'd be sorely mistaken yeah Amazon is currently set to yet make yet another video game adaptation a Tomb Raider TV series oh well, we do know that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is set to write the show. Not much else has been announced regarding actors, release dates, and whatnot, but we will keep you posted. I did hear that they're going to make it like almost like an MCU kind of type thing where the games and the movies and the show will all be like connected, which I have no fucking clue how they're going to pull that off, but okay. All right. Good luck. Yeah, good fucking I, luck. That is okay. That it makes no sense. I could be wrong, but that's I'm pretty sure I read something that was very that said that Robert Eggers upcoming Nosferatu movie has a new cast member, Willem Dafoe. Uh, the actor will now have been in three of Eggers films, which include Lighthouse, The Northman and now Nosferatu. Alongside Dafoe will be Bill Skarsgård, Lily Rose Depp and just recently Nicholas Holt also got added to the list. Neither Holt nor Defoe's roles have been revealed yet, 
but we could see Holt as Depp's husband, which, which is, is weird. It's funny that Holt, uh, Holt is going to be in this movie, given that Nosferatu is a, is like, you know, a vampire. And he's also going to be in a movie this year called Renfield, where he is the apprentice to Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know the full story, like, of like the actual story of Nosferatu, other than the, I'm assuming, canonical episode of Spongebob. <laughs> Officially part of the lore, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's about as far as my extent in knowledge goes for him. But uh, it sounds like an interesting film. And if Robert Edgers did Lighthouse and the Northmen, which I heard are good, minus the drama that went behind the Northmen. Um, what drama? Didn't you say there was some drama back behind the scenes? No. Lewis? There was Edgers who really wanted to have uh, them be fully naked in the final battle scene. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. And I thought there was something weird going on with that one. But anyways, I digress. Just to throw in about Nosferatu really quick, it's that it, from what I understand about the original film, <laughs> is that it's just the uh, film adaptation of the original story of Dracula. Yes, it's something along those lines. You know what I want to see? Uh, what would you like to see, Bethany? I would like to see a modern take on Jekyll and Hyde. You didn't see The Mummy? <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn it. No, I mean, I mean like... Like a psychological thriller horror would be really neat. I was, what do you call it? They were supposed, so like the invisible, the visible, the whole dark universe that they were trying to build with uh, the mummy, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, the invisible man and all that stuff. They were supposed to go ahead with that. And I kind of wondered what they would do with Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, because apparently in the mummy, he's supposed to be like already established and like all this stuff. So there's got to be something for his story. But mm -hmm. obviously since the dark universe is now canceled, Oh, well. Let's bring it back. We'll film it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Isaiah. 20th Century Studios has released its first trailer for its upcoming horror thriller, The Boogeyman. <laughs> the hell? That was me screaming because of The Boogeyman. Anyway, the film is based <laughs> on the short story of the same name, which our boy Stephen King wrote. Yeah. The main character is played by Vivian Lutt. What? Sorry, how do you say yep, that? Yep, good luck. Vivian Lyra, Vivian Lyra Blair? I think it's, yeah, Vivian Lyra Blair, a.k.a. Baby Leia from Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show, and also stars Sophie Thatcher, David, I don't know. How I gave him the hardest names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David, I'm so sorry. David Dasmolchain? Dasmolchian? Dasmolchian? I would think. Dasmolchian. Dasmolchian? That sounds okay. about right. Three and, different um, pronunciations, one of them's got to be right. Yeah, and and Chris Messina. Okay, no objections there. The film will premiere on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the film will premiere on June second of this year. If you've been here, Isaiah. Uh, Netflix has been receiving a lot of backlash lately due to subscribers complaining about increasing prices, canceling good shows, and much more. Now, to add to the chaos, the streaming service has just recently canceled two films before they were even released on the platform: The Inheritance and Housewife. Reports claim that Netflix's decision to scrap the project is due to the company's desire to maintain the same level of content spending from last year. With almost every prominent streaming service cutting content, Netflix isn't alone in its actions, but it continues to be an unfortunate trend. Honestly, lately, I've I've been um, 
avoiding that using Netflix for anything. I mean, I think the last thing I saw was Pinocchio, and that's only because that's the only place I could see it. The new one? Yeah, the Gamma de Torres, the good one. The good I one. didn't. I did not know it was there, but I. I it is. Watch it. it is, yeah, that's the, that's the only reason I saw it too, is because it was on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I can literally watch this right now. The, I think, what do you call it? To add on to the beginning of that, of um, what the hell do you say? Oh, that they're uh, complaining. The subscribers are complaining of increasing prices, canceling good shows, and adding really bad shows. Because let's be honest, they had a lot of bad shows. And. And they're bringing out one. They're making up One Piece live action uh, movie and or TV show. And I cannot wait for the reaction of the One Piece fans because you don't mess with the One Piece fandom. You and don't. And really don't. Password sharing. Oh yeah. Still, we don't know. We still don't know I mean, how that's, that's, that's going to work. That's that is still up for up for play here. We're not quite sure what's going to happen with that. But if they do, and lose a lot of money. I need to. Yeah, they're going to lose a lot of money and also a lot of i think viewers in general um yeah i think people may just stop using it altogether you know though however there is one show on there that is oh my god it is so good it's called the glory dead to me oh no oh, dead to me is a great show yeah. dead to me is amazing have you seen it yet i've no, seen that you should watch it. Uh, i think you would like it it's got a really fucked up sense of humor i got uh lewis on it and he likes it i loved it yeah uh i think personally i think another great show on there is lupin Oh, the French movie or TV yes. show, right? The French, the French. Ah, oh, the French. Nah, the French. No, it, it generally is a excellent show. I also liked um, Orange Is the New Black. That's so old. <laughs> I'm just saying there are some good Netflix originals. Is what I'm trying to make my point. Yeah, right, that's yes. what I was trying to add. Yeah, Stranger Things, man, is overrated, but it's good. It's good, but overrated. I've Very never overrated. seen it, but everybody I've ever talked to said that after the first season or like the second season, they could have ended it and it wouldn't have yes. been fine. He's kept on going. Yes, I 100% agree. I think after season two, I think season two was wasn't necessary, but what they did with season two was good because it was like, OK, yeah, I can see how you can connect these kind of not missing pieces, but it's like, OK, I can see how you can continue the story from here. But they should have just stopped there. But of course, Netflix is like, ooh, a successful show. Let's milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> Even though with other successful shows, they're like, nah, no one watches it. And you're like, what? No, a lot of people are watching this. What are you talking they, they about? Don't, they have odd focus. They focus on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Beth, if you want to finish with our final headlines, we've already yes. do. Actor Julian Sands has been missing since January 13th of this year. Uh, the actor is known for his roles in Killing Fields, A Room with a View, Warlock, and much more. Uh, on January 13th, the actor embarked on a dangerous hike and has been missing ever since. Uh, now, the authorities have stated that efforts to find him have unfortunately been hampered by bad weather. So, like, they tried to send out helicopters and they couldn't because the winds were too um, harsh. And uh, so fellow actor Kevin Ryan said that Sands is the quote, most advanced hiker I know, end quote. However, he added that each day brings more pressure and a lot of doubt. Uh, Sands' whereabouts are still unknown. I literally just checked it uh, while we were talking and um, we can only hope that he will be found safely and soon. He has gone missing in the Baldy Bowl area of the yes. San Gabriel Mountains. Which is apparently a very, um, the I guess the path he decided to go on is a very like tricky and dangerous path. So 
Um, but anyways, that concludes this week in Hollywood. You can find all of our sites. Site. Whoa. I go again. <laughs> and that concludes this week in Hollywood. You can find all of our sources cited oh on our Discord channel. Got it. She got it right. She got it right. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, before before we go into Lewis's big lose, big bruise, um, how is, I wanted to ask you guys a question that actually has to do with alcohol. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm currently two glasses of wine in. Yeah. Now, um, what is your take on sangria as a whole? I like it. It's delicious. Now, what about white sangria? No. Um, there is a lot of thinking going on in that man's brain right now. No, it's because I've I've worked at restaurants that had red, black, and white sangria. Black sangria? What the fuck is that? Blackberry. Oh, okay. I know that white sangria, I think, was discontinued uh, or it got lumped into something else, but... I was about to say, I'm fucking drinking it right now, so (laughs) I hope it didn't get discontinued. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, at at the restaurant I was... Oh, 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 okay. Like when when COVID hit... expiration date was when? (laughs) Well, that's why it's hitting extra. (laughs) (laughs) I would think it's just not as popular as most other options, but I think it's still a good option. Why? Do you, do you love it, Beth? Is it like your new favorite thing or what? No. Oh, wow. I'm saying you don't. Oh, so you're saying you don't have two boxes of boxed wine of sangria in your house right now. So here's what happened. I I was at the store the other day. Um, I think it was Walmart. I don't know if you've heard of it. Maybe. <laughs> there was like a wine section, obviously. I went there. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, I was going to buy sangria um, because I usually like a sweeter red wine. And I saw this sangria passion fruit wine. Um, so I bought it because I was like, fuck it. You know what? We're going to explore new territories and, and see how this tastes. And um, I don't think I like it, but I'm drinking it anyways. So I wanted to hear, I'm just going to tell you guys what's in it and tell me if you guys would drink it. So there is white grape juice, pineapple juice, tropical juice, passion fruit, and pink guava juice. Hmm. And it's 13.9% alcohol. That is a definitely a unique flavor there. Yeah. Do you guys, what do you guys think of it? It is a Cappuccino brand. I think it's good in a pinch. I wouldn't say it's anything special. Oh, I've had this before. You have? Yeah. Did you like it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, then that answers that. Yeah, I'm honestly just drinking it at this point just so I can finish it because I'm not a fan. Um, The more I drink it, the better it tastes. So, yeah, that's usually how it works. Yeah. Anyways, Lewis, I'm sorry to uh, steal your spotlight. No, it's all right. I I, I welcome this, actually. But uh, now for our, our actual drink of the day for Big Lou's Big Bruce, we have a drink known as the Tribute. Oh, I, I just posted a photo mm-hmm. in it while we were discussing the White Sangria. OK, I figured that's what that was. So uh, we're going to be the photo credit goes to a Danielle Eden. Uh, the recipe is Credited to the Sushi Rocks bar director, Gary Wallach. Hi, Gary. Um, Thank you. And I've actually pulled this from a magazine article from 2015 uh, from Paste Magazine. A fossil. Yes. Uh, but this, this was actually a magazine article that was written at the time that uh, I believe Mockingjay Part 2 was coming out, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, okay. At least that's what the article seemed to indicate, that they were tying up Hunger Games that weekend. Now, 
I'm looking at this and it looks like it might have tomato juice in it. It does not. Okay. Then you may continue. I'm about to kill you right now. If it's no, no, no. anything with tomato juice, it's a zero. Um, no, I'm just going to read the brief excerpt they provided here, uh, which mm-hmm. includes recipe and directions. Um, in our first film, Katniss bravely steps forward to take her sister's place as tribute. Her inner fire is already burning. The ingredients are mm-hmm. going to include three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, one and a half ounces of spiced cranberry syrup, one and a half ounces of the botanist gin, and two bar spoons of green chartreuse for the uh, flame. Oh, wow. Add your ingredients into a tin, shake and strain into a rocks glass over a large cube. Cut a circular peel out of an orange, indent the peel to make a bowl shape, and place on top of your drink. You're going to add your green chartreuse into your orange peel bowl and set it on fire. You have to let it burn off into the drink as a uh, presentation piece, and then you can serve, as obviously you don't want to harm anyone to make this. Oh, man. But yeah, that, that's the, uh, there you go. That's our drink of the day. It's called the Tribute. Interesting. Hmm. What do we think so far? It sounds good. It sounds almost with when you said the, uh, what was it? The botanical gin? The botanist, botanist gin? Mm-hmm. Sounds a little more floral, but with a hint of kind of a fruitier side as well with the cranberry. So it sounds good. And the, the picture, right? I see the flame. Mm-hmm. Also intriguing. Um, have yet to have a drink where there's been a flame on it. I want to. So I'm going to say four out of five. I agree. Four out of five. Uh, Damn right. I've never had shark juice, but I've heard it's very good. And it seems like something that'd be up my alley. Also, I like fire. What's your <laughs> sign again? Scorpio? Cancer. No. Capricorn. She got there. <laughs> Capricorn. That's it. She got there. Anyway, <laughs> um, I definitely would consider this to be one of the flashier drinks that we've talked about on this podcast in all eight seasons. Um, definitely one of the flashier drinks I've seen presented in a, in an actual bar. Um, and I think it's interesting that they tried to make the flame not be like a centerpiece of the drink rather more so even a garnish with the orange peel bowl. Cause most of the times when you see like those flambe style drinks, that's at least referring to the actual cooking technique and not what they actually do on drinks. But, um, the fire tends to be like a centerpiece. Like the whole glass rim is, is, has the fire. Mm. Um, But I will also give it a four out of five. Uh, This is definitely going to be something up my alley. If I wanted to experiment with gin and if we wanted to skip the final part with the flame and the green chartreuse, because that is an expensive alcohol to acquire. um, We could, I think this would still be a delicious option. Is there anything we can replace the chartreuse with? Um, like a substitute? I, I think it's just any very high proof alcohol. So maybe like 151 or something like that. But I don't think it mm. would have the same flavor okay. um, that happens when you burn it. But I'm not even sure if the green chartreuse is really meant for the flavor when you burn it off because you're really just burning the alcohol. Right. Well, I guess there's only one way to find out. Yeah. Do I need a creme brulee? torch for this like a blow uh, torch no, kind of little one yeah no i think you can do it with a regular lighter but i would use prep i would for your safety of your hand i would probably use one of those like uh barbecue lighters i would also use something with butane yeah because uh regular lighter fluid is not 
you're not allowed to inhale it or like take it. Whereas butane, it's like, yeah, you can use that to smoke things and light things on fire. Fun fact. So when I tell the firefighters I burn my house down, this is, I got to explain. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You do. Okay. Okay. And that concludes Big Lou's Big Bruce. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, so it's four or five out of the cross the board. Pretty much across the board, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of alcohol, Isaiah, would you like to give our listeners a quick little ad read? We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor of today's episode, Shaker and Spoon. It's a mother's... <laughs> <laughs> Shaker, and Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon. Uh, it's a monthly subscription service that gives you bar quality recipes and ingredients designed by award-winning mixologists. If you'd like to have your own subscription, then head on over to shakerandspoon.com and use promo code SIPS10 to get $10 off your first subscription. Again, that's promo code SIPS10 to get $10 off. And then you can also rate this uh, podcast 10 out of 10. Eh? Ah, okay. Nice. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> now ask me a question. Yeah, gentlemen, I have a question for you today. It's more yeah. of a quiz, more than more than a, a question. It's multiple questions. If you, if you, if you, come on, use your words. So, um, <laughs> we're going to find out what district you actually belong in. Oh, oh boy! Now, um, we'll start with Lewis. Okay. Eldest goes first. Age before beauty. Aw, Isaiah. He said you're beautiful. anyways all right lewis are you ready i'm gonna ask you a question there's gonna be multiple answers like more than uh normal so pay attention because i'm not okay Okay. so Mm -hmm. you can't pick a state you would like to live in colorado that is an option okay (laughs) so i will pick that one yeah okay out of all the objects, what would you grab from the cornucopia? Would it be a dagger, bottle of water, mace, gun, bow and arrow, axe, metal wire, sword, knife, trident, spear, or would you just run away? Bow and arrow. Okay. Who would you fear the most in the arena? Now, these are not Hunger Games characters, so just giving you that warning. Iron Man, <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones, Captain America, Olivia Pope, Thor, Lara Croft, Superman, Black Widow, <laughs> Sorry. Wolverine, Hermione Granger, Nick Fury, or Queen Ravenna, Ravenna from Game of Thrones. Um, all right. Uh, 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 fuck. You know, honestly, Black Widow. That's who you would fear the most. Yes. Over literally any other fucking character. She's a trained assassin meant to take down all of them. So, yes. Okay. Pick a job. Vet, cruise line captain. <laughs> Big whoa! Farmer, <laughs> cop, architect, gardener, pilot, hairstylist, geologist, designer, inventor, or a coal miner. Veterinarian. Yes. Yes. That is your that's your answer. Okay. Yes. Which of these would you least want to encounter in the arena? Uh, bloodbath in the cornucopia, fireballs, mutant dogs, blood rain, tracker jackers mistaking berries for nightlock invisible force field poisonous fog tidal wave mutant monkeys insect mutt mutts with pinchers or jabber jays that torture the mind and which one i would least like to encounter yeah jabber jays i guess okay next question pick a gift from a sponsor firewood rope jacket night vision goggles medicine weapons sleeping bag matches Iodine? 
Iodine. 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 Fuck off. Iodine. Food. Canteen. Medicine. Okay. Big Blue wants the big drugs. Which arena scares you the most? A deserted island? Scrub terrain? A sandy desert? Garbage dump? A seemingly peaceful meadow? A city in ruins? A dense rainforest? A haunted cave? The open ocean? A river valley? A snowy mountain range? Or the frozen tundra? Frozen tundra for sure. Okay. Uh, We only have a few more questions. Which Disney character would you form an alliance with? Disney got to do with this? The hell? <laughs> Listen, it's fucking BuzzFeed, okay? What'd you expect? Oh, great, BuzzFeed. It was the best one I could find. Which Disney character would you form an alliance with? Kristoff from Frozen. <laughs> Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog. John Smith from Pocahontas. Mulan from something. <laughs> Aladdin from the Genie movie. Rapunzel from Tangled. <laughs> Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Lee Shang from Mulan, Ariel from The Little Mermaid, Flynn Rider from Tangled, or Pocahontas from Pocahontas. I would actually pick Mulan. Mulan. (laughs) Okay. Which superpower do you wish you had to help you in the arena? Breathe underwater, fly, heal injuries, telekinesis, read minds, control the elements, super strength, talk to animals, Visib- invisibility, not visibility. Super intelligence, teleportation, or control minds. Invisibility. What token would you take with you into the arena? A wooden ball, silver necklace, diamond ring, customized keychain, hairpin, enamel pin, earrings, star charm, a locket, a bangle, an inklet, or a wooden flower. Wooden flower? The The wooden flower. Yeah, that sounds dope as fuck. Yeah. Now, uh, choose a holiday destination. Peru, Japan, India, San Francisco, Antarctica, the Maldives. I could be Maldives. Maldives, fuck off. Greece, (laughs) Italy, the Bahamas, Thailand, Bali, or France. Ah, the French. Greece. Finally, we have your answer. You belong in District 12. Sick. Much like Cadmus and Pita. Your greatest strength is your unrelenting determination. Even when things aren't easy, you keep driving until you achieve your goal. Not only will that help you achieve success in life, but it also means you are a natural leader. Now, if you don't know what District 12 is, I believe that is the coal district, correct? Yes. 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 So you're in the coal district. Congrats, Lewis. I'll be a coal miner. All right, Isaiah. Your turn. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, so I took it and... I want to say I was in the Grain District, whichever one that is. District 9. I was in District 9, uh, which is the primary industry is grain production. So I'm boring. Uh, okay. Pick a state you'd like to live in. Uh, damn, they all kind of suck. <laughs> Don't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm putting that in there. Just pick a... You want me to name some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can't remember all 50 at the top of my head. Oh, my God. Okay. Never mind. Hawaii. Sorry. Hawaii. <laughs> well, that's not an option. <laughs> what? Okay. There's North Dakota, Georgia, Colorado, Wyoming, West Virginia, Nebraska, Utah, Nevada. Nevada. What the? F- Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> Texas, Washington, Illinois, or Montana. Washington. Good choice. That's what I would Also, like okay. By the way, I really realized that some of the choices are going to probably because the way. So. If you go into the lore, the lore of the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. 
the water this is it takes place in like believably they th- believe is like 2070 something like that and mm. all the waters have risen so a lot of the coastal uh, states don't exist anymore oh fun fact so they assume that the capital, so florida's gone yes and they assume that the capital is somewhere in the rocky mountains so then why is washington an option i don't know but also this buzzfeed so <laughs> don't think too much about it fair okay Washington it is. Next question. What would you grab from the cornucopia? Gun. That's what I was waiting for. I was surprised that Lewis said bow and arrow versus a gun. I'm pretty sure I didn't hear the gun, but also I would prefer mm. stealth over, uh, you know. That's fair. What if the gun had a silencer, though? Then you have to specify that it has a silencer, and even then okay. they're not going to be All silent. Right. <laughs> Isaiah, who would you fear the most in the arena? Do you need me to do you remember them or do you want me to re- list them? I'm Black Widow too. <laughs> really? Yes. Over fucking Iron Man, Captain America, Wolverine? or Wolverine? Oh, you know what? Never mind. Wolverine. Okay. Pick a job. Vet, cruise line captain. <laughs> I don't know why okay. that one makes me laugh. <laughs> Farmer, cop, ar- architect, gardener, pilot, hairstylist, geologist, designer, inventor, coal miner. Cop. <clears throat> Which of these would you least want to encounter in the arena? Tracker jackers. Tracker jackers. Okay. Pick a gift from a sponsor. Firewood, rope, jacket, night vision goggles, medicine, weapons, sleeping bag, matches, iodine. Iodine. <laughs> Food canteen. It, it says weapon, just weapon. Weapons. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with rope. Which arena scares you the most? Open ocean. <laughs> if I was a cruise liner a captain, I might be in the open ocean and be like, that's my jam. <laughs> Uh, which Disney character would you form an alliance with? Mulan. I see. I picked Lee Shang. Nah, nah, nah. We got to go with the woman, the woman power man. (laughs) Which superpower do you wish you had to help you in the arena? Multiplication. What was it? Teleportation. Oh, I thought you said multiplication. (laughs) I was like, oh. I multiply myself. 24 tributes. Nah, there's 85 now. Uh, what token would you take with you into the arena? Wooden rose. A wooden flower? Okay. Wooden flower. Uh, now choose a holiday destination. Peru, Japan, India, the Maldives, Maldives, sorry, <laughs> Antarctica, San Francisco, Greece, Italy, Bahamas, Thailand, Bali, or France? Thailand. Interesting. Good choice. Okay. Isaiah, your answer is district. Six. You're pretty easy going and you don't let uh, much anything get you down. Do life mottos are it is what it is mm-hmm. and just go with the flow. You're an optimist at heart and feel that things are generally have a way of working themselves out. Now, district, district six is the transportation. There's a transportation district. Apparently. I'm in charge of the yeah, trains. Let's go. Yeah, Wait, basically. I'm in charge of the cruise liners. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do transportation. So, uh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that is that question. I am really excited for not next episode, but the episode after that, because I made my own quiz. Anyways, yeah, that is Beth's question of the day. Lewis, do you mind taking a minute to tell us about our sponsor? If you enjoy listening to movie-related podcasts like us, then we've got another great show you'll love. The Michael Blake Green Approved Podcast is a brand new show 
hosted by actor, comedian, and radio personality, Michael Blake Green. With a new episode every Tuesday, Michael talks about what it's like to be a working actor, shares hilarious stories, and promotes his upcoming comedy shows. Recently, he released a sci-fi short film titled Anti-Artificial, which is available for streaming on YouTube.com. You can also find the Michael Blake Green approved podcast on YouTube or on the TuneIn app. And now, for fun facts with Isaiah. Hello. Hello. Let's get into some facts. As with our earlier question, it was funny that they chose which Disney character you would make your thing with because Disney has actually nothing to do with this franchise, surprisingly. Yeah, I know. It's Lionsgate. Lionsgate made these ones. (laughs) Rawr. Now, (laughs) rawr. (laughs) Bless. Now, Lionsgate, they were worried about the success of the movie. They did not have a lot of faith in it. They were like, okay, we're going to give you a small budget of $80 million. (laughs) Small loan of a million (laughs) dollars. Small loan of a million dollars. Now, if that sounds like a lot of money, in terms of budgets for movies, especially like a blockbuster movie that they're making like this, eighty million is not that high. A movie nowadays that like if they were trying to make it a Hunger Games would get at least one hundred fifty to two hundred million dollars. That would be the budget. So eighty million dollars is very shoestring for what it really is. Yeah, and it shows. But I we'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we will. (laughs) Um, Now. For that, Jennifer Lawrence was only given $500,000 for her role. That was Holy it. Holy shit, that's it? That's it. What the? Okay. Granted, she didn't really make it until that movie, so like I'll give her that, but still. And what's funny with that is um the movie went out. It broke the box office record of beating Twilight for um most tickets sold in a, in its opening day on on pre-ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And then it went on to make $152 million on the opening box office weekend. <laughs> yeah, see you say that, but I'm comparing it to like the new Avatar and that's just not a lot of money. No, $152 million compared to $2 billion. Over $2 billion now. Yeah, it's like $2.7, $2.8 now, I think. Is it really? The last time I checked, it was like $2.2. Uh nope, That's I think it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I think it's back. I think it's, yeah, it's um, up there. What's his name? James Cameron. James He's Cameron, fucking yes. hit the Rolling top it. like I think the top five grossing movies. I think he's three of them. He has three of them. It's Titanic, Avatar, and now Avatar 2. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now around 30 people auditioned for the role of Katniss. Holy moly. Okay. Now here's a, some wild ass names that came out of this. Emily Browning. Who's that? Oh, she's in um she's in um literally nothing I've ever seen. So never seen her before. But okay. Yeah, a lot of you will know her from Sucker Punch where she plays Baby Doll, the the, the main character. Beth, your favorite actress, Brie <gasps> Larson also auditioned. <gasps> of course. Um, of fucking course. Honestly Shane, though, but, I could see it. Yes. Shane Lean Woodley. Okay. And that's why she's in Divergent. Got yeah, it. Probably. Chloe Grace Martez or Moretz. Nope. 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 Uh, Haley Steinfeld. Nope. 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 I don't like Haley Steinfeld. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but I do not. I just, she's overrated, but continue. Emma Roberts. Oh, uh-huh. I don't, I don't see that one. I don't see that. I one. don't see her. In, I don't see her in an action 
related film or like something along those lines. She's a talented actress, but I just don't see her in that kind of. I would see her in that role, but now not when she was at that age. Not as Katniss. I just see her in the universe, but just not as Katniss. No, I I, I could definitely see her as Katniss, but she'd have to be like this age. Oh, you know, I could see her as Joanna in the second. Oh, Joanna too, yeah. 100%. And our last person, Cersei Ronan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love her. And oh, I 100% yeah. could see her. Well, uh, those are all a few of the people that auditioned. And obviously, Jennifer Lawrence auditioned and she got the role because, you know, that's what we saw. Um, now, Donald Sutherland, he saw that he had accidentally gotten the script. And when he read it, he lobbied for the role as President Snow because the script reminded him of Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory. And he succeeded in getting the role after he wrote a letter pleading to Gary Ross, the director, explaining why he should be cast as, as President Snow. <laughs> Oh my god. Sick. Just throw out people who almost played Pita. Mm, Pita. Sorry, what? Pita. 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 No, Pita, I'm talking about Pita. Pita. Uh, so, people who do it include Hunter Parrish, who, um, if you don't know him, you probably know him from the TV show Weeds. I've never seen Weeds, but that's a, apparently what he's most famous for. I seen. know of it. The next person would be Lucas Till, which, if you don't know, I think he's the boyfriend in Hannah Montana, the movie or something. Also, that really oh, terrible. Oh, yeah. That I didn't know that was his name. Yeah. I mean, uh, also, I think I'm pretty sure he's an X. Yeah, he's an X-Men's first class. He's uh, one of the. Is he really? Yes. He's one of the mutants. I forgot what power he has. I think it's I the one. Havoc. I yeah, used to Havoc. have a big crush on him as a little as a little child. He plays Havoc. Also, Liam's Hemsworth was also in the running for Peter. Interesting how that played out. Yes, and then Evan Peters. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you don't know, he's, he plays Dahmer in the TV show, Dahmer. He also is in American Horror Story. Yes, he's also in X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> yes, he's Quicksilver, isn't he? Yes, he is. He was also yeah. in the MCU, technically, if yeah. you watch WandaVision. Yes. Um, and then also Alexander Ludwig, who plays, who actually ends up playing Cato in this movie. Okay. See, I, okay. So, beside, okay. Okay. Before Hunger Games, do you guys recognize him from anywhere? Alexander Ludwig? Yeah. I have to see a face. Because I feel like he looks so familiar. Canadian actor and country musician? He's the, he's the brother in Race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> oh, that's it. What a classic. Yes. I knew it. It's, yeah, that's exactly what him. Okay. But those, yeah, those are all the people who almost played Peter. Okay. Uh, now, during the first Hunger Games film, director Gary Ross kept a swear jar on set. Uh, Ross had said on multiple occasions that more than half of the money contributed to the jar it was from actress Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> uh, Conan O'Brien later on challenged Lawrence to name as many of the swears as she could in 30 seconds, saying that he'll give her $200 per swear to the charity of her choice. Wow. She said so money, wow. he eventually stopped counting and just gave her $10,000. <laughs> nice. Jennifer Lawrence uh, also knows how to shoot a bow and arrow uh, because she oh, had okay. training and she did get training from like an Olympus uh, bow and arrow uh, archer. Olympic bow and arrow. Olympic archer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. Now, however, and this is going to surprise you, she never actually shoots an arrow during the filming. They're all CGI. 
Really? Every single arrow. Even the ones against her face? What do you mean? The one against her face? Like like in the shots where literally the arrow is like touching her cheek. If it's not moving, it's probably a real arrow. However, any of them that are shot are CGI. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Because they, there was a safety concern that because shooting arrows is a stunt, they didn't want her to accidentally, like, you know, shoot the cameraman or something. So for safety reasons, they decided that she has to fake shooting the bow and arrow, which they did for every single movie. Interesting. I did not know that. For all four of the movies, she never shoots an arrow. Huh. Yeah, it's all. The reason they still wanted her to train as if she's doing it is that she wanted, they wanted all of her mannerisms to be the correct way of shooting a bow and arrow. Yeah. Stanley Tucci, love Stanley Tucci, he's crazy, um, had special teeth made the, for Caesar Flickerman. And to make him look like he had, a, he had plastic surgery done, like he's an aging star, you know, to have plastic surgery and stuff like that. They used scotch tape to pull his skin, and then they used a wig to cover up the scotch tape. Oh, nice. clever. I love him in that movie. He does such a good job. He's such a... <laughs> him and um, Woody Harrelson. They do amazing at their... At their roles in the entire franchise, in my opinion. I mean, I feel like in every role they play, they do pretty damn good. You're not wrong. Stanley Tucci, especially. Yeah. Now, while horse around on set, Jennifer Lawrence accidentally kicked Josh Hutcherson in the head, knocking him out, resulting in a concussion. What? This, <laughs> yes, Why did this, I not know that? This is one of the many injuries that will happen throughout the, the, the franchise. I will probably mention more as we it go on. It is Jennifer Lawrence. She tends to be clumsy. He's very clumsy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so for extras in the Capitol, the costume department had to make about 1,800 individual costumes, which were mostly handmade. So a lot of the costumes you see are basically handmade. There's like over 1,800 of them, which is a lot for the costume department. Um, that is a big number. It's, since they're all like crazy, it's kind of wild. On another injury, on the last day of training, Jennifer Lawrence ran full sprint into a wall. <laughs> Why? Because she was trying to run up it because, you know, she has to do just to go over the wall. Right. But she yeah. lost her footing and instead just ran straight into it. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the her trainer thought she had burst her spleen and she had to be taken to the hospital. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Always fun. Um, always, our, fun. <laughs> always fun. Hospital visits are always fun, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now for our final fact. Uh, fact. <laughs> our final fact. <laughs> Josh Hutcherson and Jennifer Lawrence had a prank war on set. So, and it continues on to like the next movie that the, the prank war and they got a few of the other actors involved in the future movies. But for this one specifically, the what's quoted as the best uh, prank for this, uh, for this movie was Josh Hutcherson had taken a fake dummy that had, like, so, you know, the tracker, the lady who dies from the tracker tractors and she's all swollen and stuff like that. Glimmer. Yes. yes. Yeah. So there's a, there's like a, a plastic dummy of her that is used as a body double. He mm-hmm. ended up stealing it from the set and put it in her bathroom. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah, so one day, so he said, I, and he's like, I quote, and I swear, she peed a little when she found out. <laughs> <laughs> because she was on her way to the bathroom, she opened it up, and the body was just on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I think I would shit my pants. <laughs> nice. And those are all our facts for today. Nice, that nice. was actually, uh, I think that's one of the longest lists since, hmm... A long time. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Long. I feel it's like the last long. few films have been a little lackluster in the uh, fact department, but you did a good job. I think the last four of Jurassic Park movies have been a little, uh, lackluster. A little mid. Yeah. They don't have anything going for them. Well, thank you, Isaiah. 
Good job. Oh my god, dinosaurs. Now, <clears throat> shall we uh, discuss the actual film itself, or just say fuck it? Now we should probably talk about it. it is but the mm, podcast probably about. should. Yeah, we probably <laughs> should. Okay. Uh, who would like to go first? Then I will go first. Incredible. Um, what do you? What? What did you think? So. Uh, you know uh, what? I don't actually care. Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lewis. What? What? what What's on your mind? Talk to uh, us. I'm going to say like a four out of five. Why? Okay. How come? Interesting. Um, so I want to say that as a book to film adaptation, mm-hmm. it was. You did read the books. Yes. I, I read the first one. I didn't read all. Of them. Okay. So that's going to be a different. That's going to be a different take for the rest of the films that we watch. Gotcha. Gotcha. But for this one, um, I think they did a fair job trying to um adhere to what the original books you know talked about i also kind of liked you know the jennifer lawrence's casting as katniss it made sense uh for the character i had in my head Mm -hmm. and overall i think it was i think it was pretty well done i think um actually the the what you mentioned earlier about woody harrelson's performance stanley tucci's performance that really stood out for like fleshing out those characters as real life things rather than just uh, what you could imagine in your head from the book. Oh yeah. So I definitely think that that played a role. My initial opinion, apart from of course the well-played action and pacing for the, the story when they were finally within arena, so to speak. Um, but yeah, okay. that's, uh, that's about all I have to say. Wow. That was um, a short one. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Very short. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah, what about you? Uh, I'm, it's, 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 I I think it's short and sweet. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I gave this movie a 3.5 out of 5 because. I was also on the fence. I was going to go with 3.5 or 4, but I chose 4. He's feeling a little optimistic. Yeah, I agree with, like, I've never read the books, but I felt this movie did kind of do good in the area of, like, an adaptation because I didn't feel like well, I didn't understand that. I should have read the book. Oh, well, I didn't get that. Should I have read the book? Like, there was no, like, this on its own was made sense and it had a good story. It was adapted. And then I'm sure that if I had read the books, I would have gotten more out of the film, which I think is a, a good adaptation. When you fail to do that, I don't think it's a good adaptation because that means I'm not understanding the story you're putting forth to me without having mm-hmm. to do all this extra stuff. I think that's good in that part because I didn't, there wasn't anything I was like, well, what the hell's that got to do with anything? Or what does that mean? So I think it did well in that regard. What it didn't do well, though, <laughs> actually, no, let me go, I'll go with my pros. Let me go with my pros first. Stanley Tucci, great, freaking great. Love his, love his character. He does an amazing job. Uh, Woody Harrelson, also great, does an amazing job. I think he's the perfect person to play Hamish. Agreed. He's my favorite character of pretty much the entire movie. <laughs> That's where my pro stop. Okay, now we're just gonna the. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Jesus. That's oh my god. That's it. The movie, the f- first like I want to say twenty five to thirty minutes of this movie is absolutely nauseating. I was like, I had to pause it a few times because I was it, like, it is, I just couldn't watch it. I honestly didn't notice it until you made that comment, and then that's all I could fucking notice. Exactly. It's oh my god. So there's a lot of the shots are very close up as if they're using telephoto lenses in spots they're not supposed to be using telephoto lenses in. So like if it's a shot of a person's face, right? Or like an over the shoulder shot, 
sure you can use a telephoto lens, but there should be like a reason for why you're using a telephoto lens. The problem is there's no reason for them to be using a telephoto lens. And it's just shaky and really close. <laughs> Not only that, but yeah, exactly. They just refuse to use warp stabilizer. <laughs> because all the shots in the beginning of this movie are like really, really close. Really, yep. really shaky. And also the editing is so freaking fast. Like, you know how we make fun of the uh, scene from Taken 3 where it cuts like 15 times just for Liam Neeson to jump over a fence? <laughs> yeah it was that but it was just Katniss like aiming at a deer in the first in the like within the first 15 minutes and it cut about 10 times and like bro she's just pulling the arrow back just keep it on one shot <laughs> just calm down <laughs> but yeah and then it, none of the shots would last for more than a second and it was so annoying to watch that was not a good first impression because like that's the, the first 30 minutes now after the first 30 minutes, there are times where it does slowly get into like, oh, we're doing over the shoulder shot and the lens actually encompasses the actual person. It's not super close. It makes sense. And in the second, I think they're, they're like, OK, finally, we can we're away from the weird shaky cam close ups. It immediately goes back to a shaky cam close up <laughs> every time. I was like, OK, finally, it's over. Nope. Back to it. It's, it's, it's just I don't know. It just goes back to the editing, the camera work. It's just a lot to look at. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for anyone who had to watch it in theaters because there's no way nobody got motion sick because <laughs> <laughs> I it was that bad so that was my thing but that is why I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 so Beth what's your thing I rated it a three and a half and I was rating it that based off of the other films because it's not my favorite but it is the OG you know it's the original it's what started the whole franchise so you gotta give credit where credit's due However, like Isaiah mentioned, it, it was low, lower in budget compared to the others. And that's very obvious, very noticeable. You can tell it's definitely like lacking in CGI, even though it's 2012. The, I felt like the, the graphics in the CGI lacked a lot, especially in scenes where I guess being introduced as tributes, like the fire scenes, yeah. you know, with, <laughs> it looks so green screened. It just looks really, really, um, bad especially for that time because i feel like 2012 wasn't a bad era for cgi you know we had we had decent movies that came out during that time and i just felt like that i understand that they had a lower budget but still it just looked really bad before i go deeper into the film did you guys notice jack quaid yes yes I did. I, <laughs> huey from the, the boys bad, the yeah the boys was it like, in Hunger Games? I saw him. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know you were in this. He's supposed to be like a douchebag, like a super yeah. muscular person. I was like, I can't take you seriously, bro. You're Huey. <laughs> I know. I was. It was so funny. I was I was Come not bro. expecting him. I didn't know he was in the films. I mean, like, obviously, I've seen the film a few times now, but I didn't know who he was at the time. So seeing it now, I was like, wait a minute. Now, I agree with Isaiah that the the shakiness of the camera work. It was very obvious in the beginning of the film, like when they're showing District 12, mainly in the exposition part of the film, Act 1, if you want to be pretentious. <laughs> I think it was really bad. I think as the films progressed, it started to dial back on that. But this one was very obvious and it definitely took me out and I couldn't help but notice it. So that definitely brought it down a bit. 
something I do have to give credit to is that it sparked Jennifer Lawrence's. Sorry, I just butchered her name. Jennifer (laughs) Lawrence's (laughs) career. Like before this, she was in she was in other films, but they she wasn't known. She wasn't a known actress by her name, you know. Whereas now, if you say her name, everyone knows who fucking Jennifer Lawrence is. And since that since that initial movie in 2012, like her career has just fucking skyrocketed. You know, Um, she was in what was it? Passengers with Chris Pratt. Yeah. And X-Men and like a bunch of other films. And so, you know, like I said, got to give a little bit of credit there. She did good. I mean, I never I never read the books ever, which a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you got to read the books. I would if I read, but I don't. So (laughs) I'm (laughs) basing it on a film perspective, and I think she played a great Katniss. If I read the books, probably would have a different perspective on that, but I don't. I didn't. So I don't. Anyways, I digress because I could talk about Jennifer Lawrence forever. The entire concept Obviously, I know it's not original. It's based off a book or a series. Uh, I think, though, that it is a, a very well thought out concept. And I think it's very well executed, be it the movies or the, the uh, books. I like the idea. I think it's, it's creative and it's new for the time. Obviously, since then, we've had different inspirations taken from that. Yeah. Actually, now that you've mentioned that, I have mm-hmm. <laughs> written down. Um, so obviously the Hunger Games after it came out. And I will give credit to Jacob. He did kind of bring this to my mind, I guess you could say. Yeah, attention. So obviously after the Hunger Games came out, Minecraft came out with a Hunger Games version. Right. And then after that came a lot of Battle Royale type games. So in summary, you could thank Suzanne Collins for Fortnite. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, though. She kind of. No, I know it. you're not wrong, but I fucking despise Fortnite. <laughs> so why would you say that? <laughs> to simply make you mad. Now. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, lastly, I think that I, I know when we talked about Harry Potter, um, Isaiah mentioned that it felt like one of those adaptations where you kind of needed to read the books to really fully grasp the entire story. Like, yeah, you could get the base of it, but there were certain scenes where you're like, I don't understand what the significance of that was. And I felt that this film was one of those kind of movies where there were certain points of the story that I think would hit so much stronger if I had read the books. Now, of course, they did reach me in some sort of way, but I think they would have been stronger if I already knew the characters or I already knew the story or I knew already knew the arc of each character Pina. or whatever. Pina. So I think it's definitely one of those movies where you'd appreciate it more if you read the books beforehand, but I'm not one of those people that read the books, so I can't really... Off. Affirm Luck. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Confirm that. So I rated it a three and a half out of five. Nice. I think that gives it a 3.75. Uh, 3.75. Oh, just to piss off Isaiah. Yes. I think that's what it gives us across the board. 
two, both did 3.5. I did a four. Now for the news that everyone's been so patiently waiting for. Yes, I don't know what this news is. <laughs> okay, well, I want to say first off, welcome to season eight, everyone. Uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up, obviously. So make sure you stay tuned on our social media. We post quite frequently on our Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Silver Screen Sips on pretty much any platform. So next week, we will be having famous YouTuber Patrick Tommaso on our show. He's an amazing photographer and cinematographer, and you can find his stuff on YouTube. So definitely check it out. I've been subscribed to him for, I can't even remember how long. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him, so I'm super excited to have him on the show. Uh, next week is also our one-year anniversary as a podcast. Thick. Yeah, it's been... It's been a while, guys, and I'm not sick of you guys yet. So that's a big plus. But yeah, we have a lot of guests coming up on the show that we're really excited for. So stay tuned for those dates and also who will be our guests. Yeah, our next episode is going to be a special episode, obviously, because it is our one year anniversary and we will be having Patrick Tommaso on the show. So definitely stay tuned for that. But yeah, thank you for listening to today's episode. And uh, we will catch you guys in the next episode which we will be talking about hunger games catching fire with patty boy i'm gonna call him patty don't do that no i won't (laughs) embarrassing don't worry oh that's my job anyways see you guys Bye. bye